Hello and welcome to the Much More Podcast, the podcast that aims to help you be more, to be able to reach your fullest potential and then to be able to give more in terms of that potential. I am your host, Mark Miller, and I'm excited to bring you this one. Let's get into it. Susan, thank you so much for joining us on the Much More Podcast. Sorry, if you can hear why you're laughing, it's because we had a conversation before, and I'm just going to tell the audience this. And um, right. it's just, it's fantastic to have you on here. I mean, we've spoken before. I really enjoy your insights and the way that you view the world, and I'm really excited to be sharing that with my audience. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about what you've got going on right now? Can I just say thank you for this uh, amazing introduction? <laughs> just make my morning um oh gosh tell tell you more about me i find that is always such a hard question to answer because human nature is to automatically go what we do not who we are mm -hmm. um and for me there is a, there are differences in there so i am a very passionate mother of three boys one of them turning 18 this summer I am a business lover and arts lover I used to be a professional ballerina turned entrepreneur and tech lover and I am currently building a technology company that is building the bridge between performing arts technology and business by reinventing the digital monetization strategies for performing arts organizations so they can get into financial sustainability and stop chasing the money that's awesome that's what i'm doing right now yeah <laughs> that's great i love what you're doing right now i think it's it's really important and a really important space to have is to look at how to support performing artists and i recently went to a place called stardust i don't know if you've heard of it. i think there's one in america but it's a great theater right like i had so much fun and it's these artists that are they talented beyond belief I listen to just how they sing and how they perform and how they can captivate an audience. And I'm like, you should be doing so much more than what you're doing right now. And there is this scope of like artists at that point that get what they can get, right? They just take what they can get. And, and I don't necessarily agree with that narrative. I'm just like, don't, don't just take what you can get. You've got to know your value, but you also have to put food on the table. So it's really great that you're filling a point where you can be like, let's give you that power. And that personal power to make the decisions for yourself. And that's what I love about Rise Media, right? Is that's where you're moving towards. But you also said that we don't talk about who we are, but we talk about what we do, right? So I'm going to ask you, and then I'm very, and this might go very oh. deep, right? You already know what's coming. So. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, like, within that space, who are you? First of all, my hands, my palms are already sweaty. Just just hearing that question, because it it... It is such a journey. And, and for so many years, I had no idea who I was or what I was capable of or am capable of, right? Because I was brought up that I have to follow and be the good girl and, and just do what everybody else expects me to do. And that went right through my career as a professional dancer, as a in corporate America. And even when I had... My very first own company, I just followed everybody else's blueprints. And I, th I think today I would say I'm, I'm extremely visionary. I like to ask questions and I like to question rules. I think something that I always had that my parents really had a hard time with when I was younger. And I had learned to, to quiet that part of me, but 
she's coming back full force. I love nature. I could be outside all day, every day. The answers there is very, lack of a better term, I would say it's sincere, right? You're going with what your morals and values are. You're standing up for truth. You're standing up for what you believe in. And then that's part of your morals and your principles. But then you're also looking at, well, this is also how I enjoy life. I enjoy being out in nature. So I assume you would enjoy walks in the parks or going swimming maybe or hiking or whatever it may be, maybe all of those things. It's not just about work because often, and you're right, when I ask people, I have asked people these questions like, who are you? And they immediately go into like, I work this long and, and they take pride in having a 90 to 100 hour work week. And I'm like, you're just telling me that you're a busy person? And I mean, if that's all that you're doing and you're filling up 100 hours a week, I can understand why you might view yourself that way. But we're so much more than that. And it's with how the world is going and, and what's happened with the pandemic and the life flat and uh, the great resignation i think people are realizing hey we need to be more than the ground we need to be more than the hustle and so that's really cool because i think you're starting to identify what your personal power is there and just segueing into that how have you started to develop your personal power how have i started developing um i think the first step was to actually understand that i get a choice and a say and that there is something that actually is powerful in me. On that journey, I realized I had a really warped relationship with the word and the meaning of power. I was under the assumption or subconsciously somewhere, somewhat, that story had been ingrained into me that possessing power is bad. I have to hurt other people in order to gain power. I have to do something unlawful. I have to work 1000 hours a week in order to gain power and that was completely out of alignment who I am as a person and that's why I never really tapped into oh I can't be powerful because I don't want to hurt other people and when I realized that um, things changed because being powerful has nothing to do grabbing power from other people or their resources or anything and it has everything to do what we are capable of and harnessing our own energy and having the ability to to lead other people to harness theirs and that truly showed me that wow there is literally no cap on what we can create as human beings and there is no cap on how powerful we can see ourselves so that that's a little bit of the the journey and I have to say that that old me, that old belief, she comes back. She likes to show herself, particularly when I'm in a situation where I have no clue what I'm doing, um, where it gets really uncomfortable, where I'm in like a time crunch. I, I'd rather sit in a corner and walk back and forth and say, I can't do this, than stepping into that version of myself and saying, oh, no, you can. Absolutely, you can. You got all of this. I like the fact that you're defining personal power as understanding what we're capable of. Another element is looking, well, I've gone through so much and I need to hold on to that as a reminder of what I'm capable of. Because you're right, for you and, and many people, myself included, there's times when I can feel out of depth, right? Where I'm just like, and then I'd rather also sit back and be like, mm, I can't. And then it's reminding myself, no, you can, but that, that's difficult to do. For me, I personally think that sometimes it's okay to be like, I can't and take a break because I can't doesn't mean you never will or you won't always, right? It's I just can't now. 
maybe when I have a different energy or maybe when I've learned a bit more skills, I can come back and tackle that. Have you experienced that in your life? Do you have like an example of where you felt like, oh, I'm just inundated or just overwhelmed and, and then you've actually conquered it? Great question. So yes, all the time. Like particularly now, I'm experiencing that all the time. It's one of the reasons why I procrastinate so beautifully. And, and where this dance comes into where do I step back and go learn and, and wait until it feels better? And where do I push through? Mm-hmm. And let me back up here because I only knew pushing through. I only knew working my derriere off over and over again to exhaustion for everybody else. And yeah, for my own needs too. And I didn't know any other way. I didn't even believe. I mean, we we all have heard this, you know, in order to be successful, you have to you have to work really hard. That that whole um understanding is still in the, I'm in an accelerator and and I'm telling you the way they're teaching entrepreneurs about how you build a startup or how you build your business is hustle. You just gotta gotta go 80 hours a week. Like you gotta do it. Like you have to do everything by yourself. You can't ask for help. Like because you don't have the money to do so. And, and there, there is this perpetual thinking and belief system that's being put out there when I realized that I get actually more done by doing less and listening more. That was a game changer. And it gives me high anxiety to this day because it's a really new concept for me still that I'm, I'm literally rewriting over and over and over again every single day. And not feeling guilty. I struggle with when is enough? When is it enough? When did I do enough? Mm. And if I need outside validation to be enough or it being enough, then there's still a gap. Like if I can't tell myself enough, you're good. You need something else right now. Then I am not setting myself up for success, nor will I be able to set other people that I'm leading set up for success and and have the right expectations for them right so the journey is where the answer is it was a hard question mark yeah sorry i'm, I'm known to ask some really hard, deep questions pretty off the, pretty much off the bat but it's probably something that i need to work on to be honest i, I always want to go deep and... no yeah i love it no 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 <laughs> reflecting on, on what you were saying it's there's a lot of real nuggets there but it's also the mindset shift and I love the fact that you also acknowledge like this is a journey and I'm still going through it and and learning to do less even though you know like I want to do more right and, and maybe there's an ideal of perfectionism there I'm not entirely sure what your motivation for doing more was I want to ask you from somebody who has gone from almost like bulldozing through like what you want to do and then like pushing hard how do you reconcile the, that part of you to the part that like, I need to be more calm. I need to just be, and out of that, let my creativity flow. How how do I do that? How do I do that? Yeah. It is a consistent conversation. And it's a consistent decision. Because for me, it is super easy to go back to what I know and to go back to what makes me feel good and soothe my subconscious. 
and brings all the emotions back um, and the validation that my body has become so addicted to. In that journey of giving myself some more room and saying, okay, at two o'clock, I'm going to go for a walk and, and clear my head, or I'm not going to start until 11 today. Um, it gives me anxiety. Like I have this rat hamster wheel inside of me going consistently. And that's something that I'm working on, giving myself that space and understanding where these physical triggers are coming from. And, you know, my brain tells me, okay, so if you go and work, this will go away. But it doesn't because nothing is ever good enough, right? So I am going back to, I got to slow down to feel validation. I got to slow down to feel myself enough. I need to do the work inside because I have been on bathroom floors over and over and over again, battling burnout after burnout after burnout. I am not building another company that is based on this kind of mythology because I know where that goes. You know, in four years, I'm going to hate it. I'm not going to be in with it anymore. I have given it all and then I'm going to back out again because I'm exhausted. So no, this time I want to slow down and if it takes longer, it's going to take longer. I got to figure out how I am going to show up so I can lead the whole process into that whole industry in a different way. Because one of the reasons I'm struggling with this is because I have been exposed to it for so many years. Because I thought that's the way. And if I want to make change, I got to change in here first. Does that answer your question? It's not quite a how. Yeah. Um, I would say to give you a short, the how is you got to be really aware of what is going on, how your body actually reacts to when you're not giving into the hustle and then have consistent conversations with yourself. Like you're okay, you're safe. Like you're not going to, nobody's going to hurt you if you don't hustle. It's interesting how we develop these ideologies and notions that if I do one thing, this is going to be the result, right? And, and it's normally it's, it can be imposed by us by our parents while trying to live up to some sort of expectation, trying to earn the affirmation of others, whatever it may be. And then, and then you get to a point and you're like, well, I've read and seen so many people say that they hustle 80 hours a week or they work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And they get to this point and, and then you feel like you've got to become that in order to, to achieve. Like, I need to be that person. But the thing is, not everybody functions on that way. And, and those people who do, generally, they get sick later in life. And it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's what happens. But anxiety is a very tricky thing to overcome. But I love the way that you explain how it feels in your chest. It's like there's this hamster, it's this heaviness. It's like this... And it's almost like you, you don't know how to deal with this thing and it can become bigger than what it needs to be. And, and you're like, actually, I need to slow it down, which is kind of maybe trying to remove the hamster, but it's still there and you can still see it. And knowing that, okay, well, this, this hamster is there. I need to acknowledge it, but I need to understand why it's there. And, and sometimes the anxiety is trying to teach you something. It's more of a direction compass pointer than it is the issue. However, that being said, people with major anxiety disorder, it's, it's an issue and they need to go get the correct help. So it's, it's finding that space in between. 
but you're right for some people they think like let's focus on anxiety and do what the anxiety tells me and then it just feeds it it's like feeding the animal it's like feeding that hamster like yeah you did what i said so next time you're going to experience the same thing and next time you're going to experience the same thing but despite all of that despite all the things that you're experiencing you're still moving forward in your own mindset in my own mindset oh yeah yeah yes oh gosh and that is such a hot topic for me that the the button that you're pressing right now is 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 really hot and tender because i before we create something new before we manifest something new before we're like things have to crumble and break down and for me right now i'm in the breaking down phase like everything feels like it's crumbling around me and the keeping the mind sharp and positive fruitful and being really aware what thoughts will create what that really like is the struggle right now it is a true struggle and that's okay like we don't talk about that the struggle will actually lead you to like we're not supporting the struggle we're not talking about it we 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 go back right we go into our little house and say okay when i'm done when i'm successful i come out and i'll tell you all about it like i am so done with it i'm so done with hearing all of these success stories and no i'll tell you right now it is not easy and if it would be easy probably all of us would be doing so much more of it yeah. What with that said, what for me is harder to live the life I had five years ago over and over again. That that was hard. This, I know there's so much, so much more on the other side of it. And if I wouldn't be ready for it, it wouldn't be here for me. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you for being vulnerable, opening up that space and being like, I'm struggling. It's actually really refreshing to hear. There's a lot of people who it, it takes a while for them to be like, okay, uh, I am struggling. And it's not that I'm, you sometimes get the notion that they are struggling. And for whatever reason, some people want to avoid their struggle. It's almost like they, they don't want to look at it, put it away. And, and maybe I'll just be okay. And, and, and I'll get through that. But where are you mm. really going to get the support if you do that, right? Where are you really going to let go of the tension if you do that? Where are you going to be like, I can get through that if you're not even aware of what you need to get through? But also what I, I found encouraging and that I know that you will be okay. Even though right now you might not feel okay, but you will be. First, you acknowledge the fact that I've gone through a lot. So you have an ability to be okay. But then it's also, I know that at the end of this, there's so much more for me. So it's, it's holding on to that hope. And that's encouraging. It's when I hear people saying, like, I don't feel like I have hope. That's when you, we've got to really look into that and, and these conversations are important because what you're going through and many thousands millions of people around the world are going through the same thing there's this huge regret going on right now in the world where people have re resigned from their work and they felt better for a while and um, now it's crunch time for some and they've been like i don't know what i'm going to do i need to do something it's getting onto that point and, and they're feeling that anxiety. They're feeling that brokenness. And I think in many ways, everybody feels a bit broken around the world right now too. And it's just all these things we're dealing with our own personal and it's difficult to hold that space. I think we're reluctant to, to share the struggle because society has labored struggling 
there's something wrong with you mm. or you did something wrong and therefore you're not worthy or oh look at you you're in a ditch again well nobody wants to you know associate with you and I refuse that if you are committed to yourself if you are all in on you yeah you will struggle absolutely because you are unearthing all of the trauma you have incorporated gotten into your body over the past however long you are on this planet and and, and trauma doesn't mean world changing events it can be a, a certain tiny event that you have translated into trauma we all carry that and releasing that and being open and doing the work it will come with struggle it will it will come with tears it will come with not getting out of bed it will come with eating ice cream on the couch or you know having too much wine whatever that is for you but that doesn't make you a bad person actually it makes you a very courageous person that deserves every single ounce of love and support all the way i think a lot of people don't give themselves credit enough to take those days you know what, I'm just going to sit, eat ice cream and watch cartoons all day. I mean, that's flipping fantastic. I'm going to be like, good for you because you're looking after yourself. I mean, I'll ask cream if you do that every day, then a problem. But if, if you do it once in a while because you need that space, oh, go for it. And I think especially as, as people who are doing startups, going on entrepreneur, there's added pressure and there's psychological pressure. I mean, for myself, just starting up my own coaching career, there's, there's nights where I'm like, okay, what can I do next? What workshop do I need to create? Where, who do I need to engage with? And that plays in the back of my head at night when I'm meant to be sleeping. And it just sits there and it ruminates. And I'm like, there's rumination just, and, and then you've got to break that cycle. And then sometimes I do that by distracting myself. Sometimes it's just about journaling my thoughts down. Other times it's, it's facing the rumination almost like if I were to have a song stuck in my head over and over, best way to get rid of that song is to listen to the whole thing. So I will be like, okay, let me sit with these thoughts because somewhere something inside of me is trying to tell me something. I better pay attention. And it's, it's knowing the balance between that too because sometimes those thoughts and feelings can suck. <laughs> and other times it's, it's, a, it's sometimes a dark space that we have to go through to see, see the light on the other side. I appreciate the fact that you're still so passionate about the workspace that you're in as well with Rise. And because I think what a lot of people don't acknowledge is sometimes the thing that they're passionate about can also be their burden. Oh, and, and it's a burden. I'm telling you that. Yeah. And I, it, it's okay. I wouldn't say that the burden okay. is because it's not just about changing my mindset and understanding me, it's understanding. Why have we gotten where we are today? Like, why have we not taken initiative 20 years ago or two years ago when everybody was sitting at home and they let all of these artists go and not pay them, yet kept their staff on and paid them? Like, I, there is so much to, to unearth and to understand why performing arts think that they're in such a victimhood mentality that sometimes I find it hard to be in that energy. And I mean that with love because it's not me anymore. And, and these are the moments where I understand, oh, wow, you have learned a lot. You have done a lot of work. 
understanding that nowadays community and leadership is where your fans are. That's how you build a business. That's how you serve. Like so many arts organizations don't even know their why anymore. They don't have core values. They don't have a vision. And if that's the case, it's just something that has been on their website for the past 20 years, you know? And that time that we had in 2020 was spent on how are we going to survive versus what are we going to do so we can thrive and how can we help our community around us to thrive? Like we're asking not the right questions. And that's a burden because I see, oh my gosh, the answer is so simple. You all, it's so easy yeah. from my perspective. Yeah. It's good to make that distinction as well. Sometimes our perspective, we might see things in a different light. It might be that way, but sometimes it takes other people a while to get there or our perspective might be wrong. So it's good to acknowledge that. But what you're talking about, it reminds me a lot about what I read in a book. I think it's called Built to Last. It's looking at like startups and, and looking at work and, and, and how to build a company that lasts outside of a person, right? Because part and parcel of what I want to do and just getting a little bit more personal here is that I don't want my coaching to be branded after my name because I want to build it to last because I have this vision of growing a point where people can come for psychiatric help if they need, if they want to see a psychologist, they can, a therapist, they can, if they want to see a coach, they can, I want to build this and eventually put it online and make it something. But right now it's got to start with me. I want to build it outside of myself. Who am I as Mark Miller really, honestly, but what we can do as a group in a community and building that together and finding like-minded people who, who do want to love people through whatever they're going through. If they need coaching, consulting, whatever that is, they can, they can get that point. And, and what it is, it's about the vision. And it's something that you spoke about. It's like understanding that vision. And you're right, when people lose that vision, it doesn't last. So it's a, it's a very good point to, to make up. And I think that's part and parcel, maybe what's keeping you going, right, is the vision that you have. Oh, absolutely. I think we're in such an exciting time. Um, and, and, and it's so divinely um, given that technology is, you know, going from decentralized to completely centralized to decentralizing again, and what that opens up because it, it is evolving every single day. Like I have FOMO over here because I can't, I'm the, the hustle to keeping up requires hiring a whole team to just understand what's what are we doing today. Um, however, that's exciting. Like what kind of a, it's to be able to be part of that technical revolution 2.0 or 3.0, whatever you want to call it, is um, like I'm having a blast and applying that to the original creator community yeah. why haven't yeah. we done that or why haven't we asked that question earlier right like i see performing arts as as a completely profitable business that we just have to ask different questions and diversify their assets and i love that i think it's about asking the right questions so often we we want to just find answers but actually we've got to ask the right questions to the right people and the answers just naturally come and they come in even more amazing ways than what you expected. I think what you want to do with Rise, especially moving it onto a platform of Web3, right? And, and within the blockchain technology, there's so much scope 
and space where you can feed people and put them into the right chain for if I can put it for lack of a better term and then it just takes off right and it's and I look at that like there's an element with NFTs, but NFTs to me is it's a very messy, messy space because the value is what people give it. Um, I understand there's there's a bit of Ethereum behind it, so it has some point of value, but Ethereum also has value because it's being traded. So at the moment, the space is very, there's no underlyings. There's nothing that's, but with performing art, the underlying is the artist. It's doing what they can, what you can see they can do and how they can perform and you pay for that. And it's giving the power for that. So good to ask that. When when we look at the the history of the arts, I mean, this starving artist mentality, the, you know, cut your ear off to be seen. Um, You got to hurt yourself to call yourself an artist. These are all beliefs from the 1920th century. Mm. We, We are living in a completely different era if you have Kevin O'Leary say you know three years ago I would have said you should be an engineer or go to school for engineering today I will tell you go to an art school and learn to tap into your creativity because that is where the money is the creator community economy has risen to what 120 billion dollars in 2021 Yep. And it, it's it's seeing like an, a steep incline of growth, like it's a, a crazy, like we're talking about like 20, 30%. Why are the performing arts? So, oh, this, that's not for us. Like we're so elite. No, you're not. I'm, I'm sorry. The reason why you're, you're struggling, the reason why you're not making any money is because you're not available to many people. Because mm. you're not making yourself available to many people. Yeah switch that you won't have any money problems and it's just about building that chain for them to be seen right and you're also owning your community and your ip right it's not held on a server and i'm not saying like the whole 2.0 um version is great like look how far we've gotten with it and it's still gonna be there and let's think forward, like, how, how can we define it? How can we refine it? How can we evolve versus taking 20% and they are taking 80? Why, why can't we flip that model on the head? And why don't you take 85% and the holders take 15% and still make a lot of money mm-hmm. um, and but pay you accordingly to your worth for your content and your creativity? And I think that's, ultimately what people want right they want to be remunerated for their value that's it that's it the beautiful thing about what you're doing is that's what you're going to help people to do here's your value let's get you the money for it exactly that's cool that's that's amazing but susan thank you so much for being here and joining us on the much more podcast i really do appreciate the insights and, and the vulnerability thank you thank you for having me the little nugget that i always want to to put out in the world is that you're so worthy of everything and you don't have to prove anybody anything you can just be worthy by just simply being you awesome start believing that yeah yeah Yeah, that's good that would be a major mindset shift if people can truly believe that right that you don't need the eyes you don't need the lights you don't just i am worthy of the good in my life thank you so much i really do appreciate it